Uh, as I mentioned last week, October is Pastor Appreciation Month, and today is the first Sunday of the month. Uh, first and foremost, what I, what I like to do uh, during this month is, is to encourage you to bless your pastors by praying for them. Uh, we know that some of you have come from different churches and different areas, and you've had uh, different ministers of the gospel just touch your life and impact your life, and I encourage you to pray for them. Of course, for me, this feels somewhat self-serving because basically I'm asking you to pray for me, and I am. Uh, at the same time, I personally know the power of prayer I'm not ashamed to say that I need your prayers daily, every single day I need your prayers uh, to do what I do as the founding pastor, senior pastor of this local church. Uh, every single church celebrates pastor appreciation differently. Uh, sometimes they don't even celebrate it in the month of October, imagine that. Uh, but just so you know, on the calendar itself, if you're wondering, it's always officially the second Sunday in the month of October. And the Bible says to give honor to whom honor is due. It also says to honor your leaders and those in authority. It even says to honor those who labor in preaching and in teaching. And th listen, this church has done this for me and my family since day one. Since day one, I I've been told by my leadership board that it's not always easy uh, to surprise the guy that knows almost everything that's going on in the church. And uh, that, listen, that may be partly true. But this also comes from the church that one year blessed me with a, a parade of bacon from almost every single child and teenager in the church. If you weren't here then, there was a cooler and it was overflowing. I can't remember. I just remember my freezer being filled with bacon and my wife worrying for my health. <laughs> this is the same church that during the height of isolation uh, during COVID, they actually, you actually did a car parade by my home with balloons and gifts and honking your horns. And after just seeing how separated we were and how that was affecting me, and uh, you took it upon yourselves, you gathered and you came and it was like an, a never ending row of vehicles. And, and you don't know how my heart was blessed on that day, I'm sure the neighbors wondered what the heck is going on. Is COVID? What are these people doing? And uh, you know, and, and again, I think even on that day, somebody dropped off some bacon, and so <laughs> might might have been chocolate covered or something. I don't know. Um, and uh, by the way, uh, you're the church that also did an amazing job, totally surprising me and my wife uh, last year by flying my son Caleb back home. Uh, from his first year of college to celebrate that day with us. And that's on video somewhere. You can tell I was surprised, and I was. And, and listen, those types of surprises are not expected every year. But a little birdie told me that a potluck dinner is being planned for Friday, October 21st at 6 p.m. Did you get that date? Uh, Friday, October 21st, shameless, at 6 p.m. And listen, that type of gathering alone is plenty of appreciation. I love to fellowship with you. I love to be with you all. And so I, I hope that you can all make it. Again, that's Friday, October 21st, right around the corner at 6 p.m. My life has also been touched by some very special pastors. And every year, if, I, if given the opportunity, I want to honor those leaders that impacted my life. And so there are five Sundays in the month of October, and there are five pastors from my home church uh, in New York that I will highlight briefly every week, if you'll allow me. And then, of course, 
beginning next Sunday, we're going to begin to honor our staff, who is our youth pastor, and we have a couple of volunteer pastors and some credential holders that I want to honor as well. This week, I want to give honor to my pastor, uh, Ronald F. Conti, who I would consider to be my first pastor. Uh, I gave my heart to Jesus in 1985, and uh, around the same time, I discovered Christian television. Uh, in our area, we had a local TBN. Anybody know what TBN is or heard of TBN? Uh, some of you old-timers, you know what I'm talking about, and some of you new ones, too. Is it still around? It's still around. And so Trinity Broadcasting Network, uh, it was an affiliate in New York that we had, and I was watching that one a day when this Italian-American pastor uh, talking with his hands, and I'm not going to try to do an accent because I'm going to butcher it, but talking with his hands and very much a New York City guy was hosting the show and he had a, an awesome New York City uh, accent. He was talking about a trip that the church uh, was taking to Israel and at the end of his spiel, he was talking about being a pastor of a church in my city of all places, the city of Newburgh, where he pastored since for about 30 years. Now, listen, I was poor. And we didn't have a car growing up, but God had a plan for my life. How many of you know that God has a plan for your life? Amen? And so, I, listen, I actually found the church address in the phone book. Yes, I am that old. Some of you are like a phone book. You mean like in your phone? Like, you know, no, 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 no. I'm talking about a book that, it, depending on your town, it was this thick to this thick, right? And so... I found a church, that church in my phone book. And, and listen, I walked several miles to and from church for weeks before getting a ride. And I'll add this. I, I'll tell you, I was the, the only person of color in this very Caucasian church. All right. And, and they walked in with, uh, with their robes, which scared me a little bit because uh, I wasn't familiar with that kind of a church. And it was a choir, just, just in case you're wondering. And they, they, they came in and they sang their songs and Jesus had touched my life. And, and that was touching, that whole experience was touching my life. But when I heard my first sermon at a, a local Bible preaching church by pa Pastor Conti, my heart was touched by Jesus. And when I discovered that they had two morning worship services and a Sunday school, some of you don't even know what Sunday school is. Maybe you heard about it back in the day. Most churches don't have that per se anymore. And I decided that this was home. I pretty much attended every single week and, and, and stayed there all morning long on Sundays for many, many years. This was a big part of my discipleship. Uh, see, Pastor Conti, he was friendly. He was down to earth. He made me feel very special. And when he shared God's word, I understood that God loved me unconditionally and that he had a great plan for my life. Pastor Conti, he taught me how to be faithful to Jesus and to always, always try to get to church every time the doors were open. That was instilled in me. He also taught me the value of prayer was a great example of sharing Jesus through personal outreach by he would go to the local park and just hand out tracts and try to tell people about Jesus and would talk about that in his sermons and in his messages. And so he was living it, not just preaching it, he was living it. Before long, I was getting involved in the church. I became a member and, and one summer I, I got a little older and so we hosted a, anybody know what a VBS is? Vacation Bible School. 
four children, and the director of that asked me to be a student teacher. Now, I had never been asked to do anything like that. I had never taught before. I had never stood before people before. And so she wanted me to partner with, of all people, Pastor Conti. Pastor Conti, my pastor. So again, I had never done any public speaking And so I was super nervous to say the least, but Pastor Conti, he assured me that I would just help him a little bit in the class as needed, but he also told me to study all of the lessons. I should have known. When VBS started, we had a bunch of kids. We were in this small room, like maybe one of the size of our, we had too many kids in that room. There was kids everywhere. And Pastor Ron, he opened up the class, but then he asked me to share a portion of the lesson. And so as I taught the Bible to kids for the very first time, I waited for Pastor Conti to take back over, but he never did. After the class, he assured me that I had done a great job and he actually started to to trust me to teach every single night of that week. And in, in fact, at one point he stayed to greet the kids and then left me to teach on my own. I would jokingly say that he tricked me. He tricked me. It was all a master plan. They just wanted to hand things over and run the other way. But I know that he was literally training me And so during this Pastor Appreciation Month, and like I said, every year when I get a chance, I I think of the pastors that have impacted my life. I give honor and glory to God for my first pastor, Ronald F. Conti, at Newburgh Assembly of God. My ministry is what it is today because God blessed me with Pastor Conti. And so I hope that one day you'll bless your pastors by praying for them I hope that one day, even if if you're here and there's another pastor, listen, I'm not jealous of that. I'm glad that you had that in your life. I'm glad that someone, someone sowed into your life. It's never too late to say thank you, by the way. I know that my pastor today, he is in his mid-80s, I believe, and he is now a pastor of visitation in a very large church. And so again, he served in, in Newburgh Assembly for over 30 years. Newburgh Assembly is now Crossroads Assembly. Uh, it is actually pastored by one of the young people that I taught in youth group when I was a youth leader. And so that's how God God works. And, and, but my pastor, he still preaches on occasion. Uh, he still encourages. I've got about four or five messages on my phone where he was just letting me know how proud of me that he was. And that touches my life because again, he sowed into me and I get to sow into you. And so it's a great privilege to honor our pastors during Pastor Appreciation Month. Let's give honor to God for the pastors and leaders in our lives. Amen. So real quick, uh, our weekly ministries are as follows. Every Monday night, we have Generation Bible Study at 6. On Wednesdays, we also have Recharge, which is our praise and our prayer night at 6. By the way, we have prayer today because in my home church, they had prayer uh, every week. And so we we have weekly prayer because that impacted me. And uh, youth group on Friday nights, Pastor Ryan and Abigail do a great job with that from 6.30 Uh, to 8.30, and so we are thankful for the opportunity to offer ministry. I want to take a a head count if we could. How many of you ladies were able to make it to the conference? Any of you this morning want to give honor to God for what he's done through the conference, if you were touched in any way? 
I want to thank Wendy. I want to thank uh, Brian. I want to thank the worship team. I want to thank Sound, everyone that was a part of that. Uh, I hope that you were blessed and encouraged. Uh, today is also the first day of our fall food drive. And uh, if you brought a, a food uh, donation this week, thank you. Listen, uh, uh, it's a little lighter back there than I wanted to see. I'm just, I'm just being honest. And so if you're here this morning and you're like, shoot, I forgot it on my counter or I just didn't get to the supermarket. Um, but listen, you might have a dollar or two in your pocket and there are envelopes behind the chairs and we don't mind. We'll send somebody shopping for you. And so I'm, I'm serious. If you have a couple dollars, you didn't get to go shopping, but would like for us to do that, you can do that. You can feel free to do that, but we're not done yet. Next week, we are asking you to bring gravy and stuffing. Now, don't again, OCD pastor and some of you OCD, well, what kind of gravy and what kind of stuffing and, and what flavor and what, listen, surprise us, okay? Surprise us. Uh, we are asking for gravy and stuffing. We would, there's a big box that I believe Missa, uh, Melissa decorated for us, and uh, we want to be able to fill that and then some. Uh, again, what we got is a little on the light side, but we're, we're believing that God's going to bring it in. And listen, as a result of your generosity, families in Rochester are going to get a Thanksgiving basket. Amen? And so that's for the glory of God. And then, guys, I want to apologize. Uh, we had planned to do twice now. We have planned to do a men's campfire and the rain just about when we're, I mean, I was waiting to the last minute, and it was just a sprinkling, and I wanted to go, and I was like, man, if we get there and there's two of us in the rain, uh, you know, and some of you are like, yeah, you should have done it anyways. I would have been there with you. Um, but listen, um, uh, you know, be patient with us. Um, stay tuned for an axe-throwing fellowship soon. That is not a typo. Uh, that is not a, a weird thing or whatever. Well, maybe it might be weird to you. Um, but some of us men are competitive. Amen. And so we're going to be giving you more details. So that's coming uh, right around the corner. A couple other things that we want to announce. Sunday, October 23rd at 1 p.m., uh, we are offering our Exploring Crosspoint membership class once again. Some of you have asked about it, and so that's what we wait for when there's interest. Uh, we offer the class. It's a great opportunity for you to ask questions uh, about the church. It doesn't mean necessarily that you're ready to make that step, uh, but if you are there, if you are interested, we are offering that. And what we do for, is from about one to three. We, we, it varies in time depending on our feedback and interaction, but if you are 18 and older and would like to be a member or want to know more about the class, we welcome you to be a part. And I'll say this, I'll add this, uh, if you've taken the class in the past and uh, maybe now you're ready to make that step, uh, we'd love to provide a covenant for you to sign and to have you be a part. The other couple things I wanted to mention on Friday, October 28th, mark this down in your calendars. I'd love to fill the house because we're doing it on a Friday. On Friday, October 28th at 7 p.m., we are having a night of worship. I know sometimes we do it midweek, and you guys are like, I got to get up to work the next morning. I can't make it. There's no way. And so we are trying it on a Friday night. Uh, Pastor Ryan said it was cool for us to do it, and so we're moving ahead. Uh, and so we're excited to do that. Keegan is going to be leading the team. And so uh, how many of you are blessed by our worship team? Amen. And this is a last minute one. And so I, this is a feeler, really. I want to see if there's any interest. Men, it's only a few weeks away. Um, but I discovered that uh, Camp Maranatha in New Durham 
uh, is offering an overnight men's retreat to challenge your faith walk with Jesus, all right? And so this is on uh, Friday, November 5th, and Saturday the 6th. The cost is $85 for men, and they offer for younger men $50 for uh, young men ages 16 and 17. Uh, it includes your meals and camp-style accommodations. So they're bunk houses. You, want to, you won't have to sleep in a tent. You won't have to do any of that. Bring a sleeping bag or some, uh, some um, basic bedding. And so we're hoping to see if anybody's interested, if we could get even a small group to go. I, again, I know it's last minute. Uh, and so if you are interested, please sign up and pay by October 16th if you plan on going, all right? And so I'm going to put that out there for you. Uh, we hope that there's interest. If not, we are going to be looking for more events like that in the future, all right? And so that is all I'm going to say. But I do need uh, to hear from you. Anybody got a praise for Jesus this morning? Uh, give honor and glory to God. Go ahead, Jan. Hallelujah. Huge. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Give God glory. Amen. I am distracted by these things. I don't know if Elijah put them up here or what. My kids had these things. And so I'm getting all kinds of flashbacks. If you see me looking at this chair, that's what I'm looking at this morning. I know that was totally weird and out of place, um, but it's that kind of a morning. Uh, what else do we have this morning? Uh, you have a, a, a praise guide, Eric. Eric is with us. Amen. 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 Praise God. Praise God. Thought I saw another hand. Go ahead, John. I give praise for God and giving Michelle strength to be a married to me for 23 years. Oh, congratulations. <laughs> we could say so much to that, John, but <clears throat> I think you said it all. Uh, what else? What else? Anybody else have a quick praise? I thought I saw another hand. A couple others. Karen. Wow. And Praise God. Sweet. Absolute. Amen. Amen. What's his name? His Ken. Ken. Let's pray for Ken right now. Father God, in the name of Jesus. Uh, we just lift up Ken to you. We know, God, that you sent Jesus to die on a cross for Ken. And so we pray right now for a, a, a revival in his heart. We pray right now for a revelation of Jesus, Lord, that he would come to you and know his need for you and that, Lord, he would surrender his life to you fully. And so touch him physically, mentally, spiritually. Uh, just do a great work in his life, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Uh, what else? Did I see another? God, Gail. I love it. 
Yeah. Awesome. Together we're better. Yeah. That's family. That's family. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, John. Amen. Awesome, awesome. Listen, that's important. Little stuff like just saying thank you. Uh, appreciating the little things that we do for one another, not taking each other for granted. Amen? Uh, what else? I thought I saw another hand. Go ahead, Wendy. I just wanted to, to say yesterday was amazing. Hallelujah. You know, thank you, God, to, to pack here and there. But, you know what? You just you didn't win. And people just, just all took things. Yeah. The most incredible thing. I mean, the relationship between the people and the teacher and the sound guy. Place looked beautiful, by the way. Beautiful, beautiful. Hallelujah. Love it. Love it. Glory to God. Praise God. Let's give praise to God for that. Amen. Amen. Don't want to leave anyone out. Anybody else? All right. We're good. Uh, if you have your Bibles this morning, would you turn with me to the Gospel of Luke chapter 4? The Gospel of Luke chapter 4, going to be looking at verses 18 and 19, and I'm going to read it to you from the New King James Version this morning, Luke chapter 4, 18 and 19. They'll be up on the screens as well. Uh, if you will, would you stand with me this morning, if you're able to, stand with me uh, uh, in honor to the word, reading of the Word of God, verses 18 and 19 of Luke chapter 4. The Word of the Lord says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your holy word. We thank you. Uh, for what you've already done in our time together, for the encouragement that we have received, for, uh, Lord, even inspiring us to give and to serve and to love one another. Thank you so much for that. We ask now that in our time as we share that, Lord, you would challenge us, that you would encourage us, that you would especially speak to us. Uh, we don't want this time to be a, a, a wasted time or a time that we breeze over, but we want you to speak. And so, Lord, we ask you to have your way. In Jesus' name, God's people said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. So this morning, I want to do something a bit different than we normally do. Um, I did this a few years ago now, and I, and I know that it helped uh, some of you to under, understand things a little bit better. And so I, wanna, I wanted to update it uh, and do it again. Many of you know that I love to teach and I love to preach God's word, but we all have a testimony or a story, don't we? We all have a testimony. We all have a story about our lives that you and I can tell to someone. And this morning, I, I wanted to share a bit of mine. And see, a huge part of my story is God's calling on my life uh, to the ministry. And in light of Pastor Appreciation Month, I, I wanted to give you an insider's look into your pastor's heart. So some of you have heard bits and pieces of my story and my sermons or even in the membership class, and, uh, but we have a new, enough newer faces here now that I think it will help you to know Cross Point Ch Church better uh, 
if you know your pastor's story. Uh, in the future, I'll probably do some kind of a series called Confessions of a Small Church Pastor or something like that. But for now, this is my story and I'm sticking to it. So, so where to begin? If you haven't noticed, I have a little bit of a tan this morning and every day, really. And so I can proudly say that I'm a Puerto Rican American. And so, yes, I, I'm a proud American and I love that we can still share Jesus freely in our nation. It's a freedom that I don't take lightly. Along with that, I love good food. Anybody out there love good food? Some of us love it a little bit more than others. I mean, all kinds of food, not just Spanish food. I might even be a bit of a foodie because whenever I go on vacation, I love to try new foods, uh, to be able to enjoy them, and I usually post pictures. And so people ask, did you go on vacation or did you go on a food tour? And like you've already heard, I, al I, I, I always and have always loved bacon. I don't know if you know this, but I'm the youngest of 13 children, and so I have seven brothers and four sisters who are living and one brother who has passed away. And easily, I have over 40 uh, nieces and nephews. And by the way, my oldest nephew is like 49 years old, and I'm now 50. So you do the math. I grew up in New York, in Newburgh, New York, and so I'm a Yankee fan. But believe it or not, I'm also a Chicago Bears fan. But don't go too crazy because I love the Boston Celtics. Growing up, we were a large family, but uh, really we weren't a close family. Some of you can maybe relate to that. Nobody knew Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Uh, growing up in my family, before I came along, my parents had done some farming in Puerto Rico. But when they came to the States, they didn't speak any English and they didn't have any real marketable working skills. And, and, and yet they had all of these kids to support. And so, of course, with that many mouths to feed, we grew up poor. Again, I'm the youngest of 13, and so I saw a lot of hand-me-downs. I have some stories on that that I won't share this morning, but some inter interesting stories to say the least. My dad was a stern disciplinarian, and my mom was a loving nurturer. Unfortunately, they were also alcoholics. And so there was a lot of turmoil in my family growing up in my home all the time. And, and some of you have heard me tell stories of how the alcohol had gotten so out of control that even as a young boy, some of you have had children and they never had to experience this. But as a young boy, I remember having to get in between mom and dad in their fights. And one day I was bold enough to, to stand up to, to dad and say, enough, as he threw something at my mom and it nearly missed her and I on the way out the window. And so that's, that was my home life. That's what I was experiencing. And, and listen, at a young age, after watching my mother being the victim of domestic abuse for way too long, she left my father. They never divorced because they didn't believe in that, but they, they separated for pretty much the rest of their lives. We grew up Catholic, and I did my first communion, but that was as far as I got. So I can honestly say that I had religion without a real understanding of Jesus Christ or the church. 
As a younger teenager from a broken home, I started to get myself in trouble. Some of you know all about trouble. I started making bad choices, including hanging out with the wrong friends. I started experimenting with the very thing that I saw in my own family with the alcohol, and I was definitely headed down the wrong path. I can tell you stories about being at the wrong place at the wrong time, that, that even my brothers were used by, by the enemy to, to get me to experiment with things that I never should have touched and by the grace of God I didn't end up where some of them ended up and and so I needed obviously I needed Jesus around that same time somebody boldly shared the gospel with me and I heard about Jesus in ways that I had never heard before. Now, listen, it didn't happen overnight, but eventually I gave my heart to Jesus and my life started to change. As I shared earlier, I found and attended a really good Bible preaching church and I served Jesus there for several years. But as so many other teenagers do, eventually I gave into peer pressure and I walked away from Jesus for a season. It was really a tough time for me too because I experienced what it was to know the joy of living life in Jesus and now that joy and peace was gone and I knew it. Listen, you, you point out anyone to me that has ever served Jesus, that has ever surrendered their life to Jesus and they're not serving him today. On the surface, they might look like they have everything together, like maybe life is really good, but down deep there's something missing. They don't no longer have the joy of that their salvation, and you or anyone else don't have to tell them they know it. They try to fill that misery. They try to fill that void with all kinds of things that they know don't have lasting value. And Jesus is calling. After my senior year in high school, I got into a, a major car wreck, a car accident, uh, where it looked like I, I wouldn't walk upright again. My back was a complete mess. I, I also lost my dream job. And during that same time, uh, my relationship with a girl that I thought I was going to marry, I was dating her for four years. Her family had become my family. It was just, it all looked good. I, I mean, it, it almost sounds like a, a country song uh, that after at the end of all that, Everything seemed to be falling apart. But thankfully, in that low condition, I started to reach out to Jesus again. Praise God, he took me back. He healed my body. He restored my soul. By this time, something was different. See, I knew firsthand the, the peace and the joy of walking with Jesus. And I also knew the turmoil of doing life for myself on my own. And there was no comparison. Jesus was way better. There was definitely a fire burning in my heart. And one night sitting around a table, a friend was visiting from a college, Bible college, in fact. How many of you know that, that nothing happens by accident? So just visiting from, from Bible college and on a whim, he asked me and another friend to, to visit that college they experienced that very week. And, and, and so we took him up on it and we, we had nothing else to lose. And so we went and, and during, would you imagine that during that service at that Bible college at an altar just like this one, I, I was challenged to offer God my whole life. And for the very first time, I really did that wholeheartedly. And so Jesus, he took my life. And the evangelist confirmed to me that I was called into the ministry. I became a student at, at a Bible college and never imagined that happening. 
God transformed my life there. He taught me to touch lives for his kingdom. I met my future wife, Nubia, at college. After graduation, we started this journey called marriage and ministry. And to say the least, it's been a great adventure, a great 25-year adventure so far. Not perfect, but beautiful in the hands of God. Since graduating Bible college, I've had the blessing of serving in several local churches as an associate pastor on and off for over 15 years. And, and now for the last nine years and in January going on 10 years, I've been the senior pastor at Cross Point Church. So what's the point? I gave you this little history of my life as a background for where we are today. I'm a pastor. That's a miracle. God has called me and anointed me to serve you and to lead you at Cross Point Church. And listen, in our text, Jesus literally, he walked into the local church, the local synagogue, if you were, and he de declared his ministry in just a few words of the prophet Isaiah. And I can relate to that same declaration because as a pastor, that's the ministry that I'm called to as well. See, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. That's my heart. That's my passion when it comes to ministry. But there's few, uh, there's few other things, a few other things about your senior pastor that you may or may not know. Things that I believe, feel and believe with all of my heart and I want you to know, thus your pastor's heart. I hope that they encourage you and lead you to pray for your pastor during Pastor Appreciation Month, but beyond. And so first, I do, I, I love you. Not just because it's my job, but I love you because the Lord has placed in me a, a desire and a purpose to follow his divine purpose. And part of that purpose is him placing in me a love and a concern for you in my heart that you probably wouldn't believe if I tried to explain it to you. And even as I say those words, I know some of you have been told by someone in your life, I love you, brother. I love you, sister. And with that same mouth, they turned on you. With that same mouth, they, they broke you down, and, and I hope that I, I never do that. See, I love the people of Cross Point Church, and I work, and I pray, and I teach, and I sacrifice because of that love. In fact, as a senior pastor, I love being a nurturer, and I love being a shepherd, caring for God's people. I'll tell you, one of the breakthroughs in my life was as a young pastor, a very young pastor being given responsibility to go and do nursing home ministry. And in the beginning, I turned my nose up at it like I was too good for it. But I tell you what, it was in those days when I saw people who couldn't do much for themselves that God developed my shepherd's heart. And I began to see people through God's eyes. And he did something inside of me that I hold to this day. I'm a nurturer and I'm a shepherd because of what Jesus did, because people matter to Jesus and so they matter to me. It's something Jesus placed in my heart and, and that the Holy Spirit developed in me. Second, I believe a church should, should be filled with the love of Christ. How many of you agree with that? 
I believe a church should be filled with the love of Christ. And so the reason that I want you to really know and love the gospel, uh, to have a genuine love for one another and to have your life shaped by the grace of God is not so much that I might consider this a, a, a success of ministry. It's because I know that when the church has this love and is gripped with Jesus' love in this way, it's the closest thing to heaven on earth and I want that for you. In fact, I want you to know the love of Christ for, your, for yourself in a real and in a powerful way so that when the enemy comes, say when, so that when the enemy comes against you and when, say, say when again, and when life gets hard, you will know that nothing can separate you from the love of Christ. Third, I don't expect you to be perfect. And I'm aware that I'm not perfect either. In fact, sometimes I worry that you might feel I'm not the man of God that you think I am. But not because of some gross sin, but because I'm human. And at times I can sometimes be lazy I can be selfish, I can be tired, I can be frustrated, I can be distracted in my walk with Christ. You, pastor? Absolutely. And so that's why this morning and every day I ask for your prayers on my behalf. I need your prayers because I'm human. See, I'm not, I'm not afraid to be transparent from you, if you haven't guessed by now, because I know who I am in Christ and I know that by His grace I've been saved and I've been called and I've been anointed to serve in this ministry. But I need to know that just, I need you to know that just like you, every single day is a choice for me. Have you heard about uh, people in the ministry walking away? Have you heard about pastors falling away? Leaders, pastors everywhere, listen, we need prayer. We are not above uh, those things that, that we face in our humanity. And so prayer is important. And so listen, let's choose Jesus daily together. Let's encourage each other to be real with God and real with each other and to develop a heart after God. Amen? Fourth, for every sermon that you think was a bomb, you can bet that this pastor thinks he's bombed at least twice as many. In case you didn't know, I'm very critical of myself. And uh, that to, sometimes to, to a fault. But God's grace and your loyal support helps me to keep going. Listen, I'm no T.D. Jakes and I'm no Dr. David Jeremiah and I'm no Stephen Furtick, but I too have been called to preach with my calling and my gifts and my experiences and my weaknesses and my brat background so that I can be Pastor Freddie Vega, the senior pastor of Cross Point Church. Sometimes the, uh, the, the sermons that people love the most can leave me the most frustrated because what people tell me they loved about it misses the whole point I was trying to make. So there's that. Anybody, anybody, pre any preachers out there, you know what I'm talking about? Pastor Mike is like, yes, yes. 
And then there are other times I feel 100% confident and excited that I shared everything that God wanted me to until I hear that someone hated it or was bored by it, and not usually to my face, but your body language in church tells me everything I need to know. See, knowing that I'm not called to be a people pleaser, but at the same time really wanting people to be encouraged and engaged and awake during the sermon is a hard balance to achieve sometimes. I was going to say something. I'll be careful. Listen, I, I know that I'm called to communicate the truth, and so I will always do it with all my heart. And unto Jesus, because at the end of the day, I preach and I teach for Jesus. And then fifth, one of the most frustrating things as a, as a pastor is for everyone to think that, that we're the first one to know everything when oftentimes we're actually the last. Listen, few things are more discouraging than finding out that there has been a heartache, that there has been a sickness or a turmoil after everyone else has been talking about it for the last week. And so while those going through it assume that I just don't care, when many times I just don't know. See, I say it all the time, I can't be your pastor if you don't let me be. And I can't reach out to you if you don't let me know what's going on. And so please reach out to me. Listen, I consider myself to be, a, to be huge on offering grace, on offering forgiveness and understanding because I have received so much of it for myself. And listen, I'm approachable. My door is always open, even though I don't even have an office here. My door is always open to listen, to encourage, to pray. Uh, Sometimes my office is your living room. Sometimes it's Dunkin' Donuts. Sometimes we're just here, open air, uh, watching God do what he does through us. And so I say, don't be ashamed or afraid to share your brokenness or your loss or your hurt with me. I'm not your judge. I don't rejoice in your challenges. In fact, when I know about them, I'm glad, I'm happy to be your prayer partner. I'm committed to your breakthrough. Sixth, sometimes I have no idea what I'm doing. Anybody ever feel like that? Listen, I don't mean to say that I doubt my calling or my education to the ministry, but Bible college doesn't train you for every single situation. Like, believe it or not, we were never once talked about, uh, uh, talked to about pastoring a church when COVID strikes. Nobody told me what to do when you lease a building for church and the landlord essentially shuts down your building and you have nowhere else to have church in the late cold fall and winter months. And by the way, nobody taught me how to use the internet or social media for church either. If you had told me that after COVID that I would have to take reservations for church for months on end, so we didn't exceed the required seating capacity, I would have called you crazy. Listen, things come up. I sometimes get stumped. And just in case you didn't know, I'm not all-knowing. And yet sometimes, by the grace of God, I get it right. 
Other times I swing and miss. And listen, it actually scares me a little to think that I might miss again next time. Please pray that Jesus continues to give me wisdom. I really need it. I pray that God, pray that God helps me to have faith and boldness for the next challenge. Seventh, it bothers me when I can't make your situation better. I mean, I, I don't care so much about being the hero or the great problem solver, but I'm cheering for your marriage to work out. I want your rebellious child to see the truth. I want your parents to show you affection. I want the memories of abuse to be swept away. I want, to overcome, I want you to overcome your doubts that God is real or that your faith is genuine. I mean, I know that God is in control. And he alone can heal wounds and perform miracles. But when the answers to your prayers aren't coming, it breaks my heart for you. And I would do almost anything to fix it if I could. Bottom line, I care. Eighth, newsflash. I know you don't always agree with me. I occasionally might even know that your way of doing things might be better. Some of you have great ideas. But listen, sometimes I have to do things a certain way for a little while longer or change something quicker than you might like it for the greater good. But sometimes, you know, you, you don't know all the behind the scenes. And, and I, I'm not always at liberty to share the details. You don't know the full impact of that decision, but you have to trust that I'm hearing from God and getting the wisdom that we need to make the next move. And so pray for me. In life, we sometimes call that um, Monday morning quarterbacking. In other words, people watch you make a decision and they don't know all the facts but they quickly pass judgment and criticize your call. And then to make it worse, they post their wisdom all over Facebook and they act like you don't read or, or maybe they hope that you do read. <laughs> See, the passive aggressive post that the local pastors read can hurt sometimes. And while the person thinks they're just being smart, the pastor might actually be thinking that maybe it's time to leave. Maybe it's time to just hang it up. I mean, if they don't trust me to make wise decisions, maybe they can find somebody else to be their pastor. Don't miss my point. I'm not going anywhere. Until Jesus says I'm done, I'm on mission. Trust me, I, I knew that being a pastor was going to be a challenge for me living in this glass house, but my tough skin is not bulletproof. Pray for me. And listen, if you really don't agree with me on something, novel thought, talk to me. Sometimes I can explain, and other times I'll ask you to trust because I can't explain. Ninth, there are times when you make me feel so full of joy 
I feel like bursting, like when I know that you've been struggling with something with, and God is literally giving you the victory, or when I know that you've had a hard time being patient with something or with a situation, and you go out of your way to, to grow and to help them anyways, or, or when you see a need and you become an answer to someone's prayer. I mean, I'm joyful when I see people growing in the church, uh, in their church attendance, or in their giving, or in their serving, or in their loving. The list goes on and on. There are times when I'm in tears of joy for you because I see the Lord being faithful in your life, and that is the joy of the ministry. And then there are other times when I'm frustrated, broken, feel like a failure because what seemed like a promising turn for the better in your life actually turned out for the worst. And trust me, I'm praying when that happens. Or maybe last, I, I heard everything was going great and then you just disappear only for me to hear through the grapevine that from your perspective, I failed you or the church failed you in some way. I can't, again, I can't address what I don't know. I can't fix what you don't tell me is broken. I can't change what I could possibly change if we don't have a conversation. Please be honest and respectful and gracious with me. I'm human. On more than one occasion, I've received hurtful words and accus accusations that I have to carry, and it's not fun. Ultimately, I give the hurt to Jesus, but it's sad to see people who used to be church friends walk the other way in the supermarket because they don't like you anymore. It doesn't have to be that way, and I don't think Jesus wants it to be that way. Finally, I want more than anything else for my labor, this ministry, to bring honor and glory to God. Listen, I know I blow it sometimes. I know there have been instances where I simply could or should have done better, but I'm growing too. So again, pray for me. Being a pastor is hard sometimes because I know my own inadequacies better than anyone else. And yet I want to get it right because I love Jesus and I love you guys. And when God gets glory, you get the benefit and I can experience the joy that's rooted in him. And that's the goal every single time. But listen, I can go on and on. This is your pastor's heart. And I know it might have been heavy at times, but I hope that it helps you to better pray for me this month. I hope you understand Cross Point Church a little better by knowing pastor better. And so today I'm thankful that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Worship team, come. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Why don't you stand to your feet this morning? Listen, we don't do that every Sunday. So if you're visiting or watching for the first time, you're like, man, oh man, I don't know about that church. Give us another try if today was a, if today was a bomb or a fail. I don't think it was. Uh, but if you're unsure, give us another try. But this morning, I feel, I feel like it was important for you to know your pastor's heart.
at least a portion, at least a piece. Maybe you learned something new today. Uh, maybe you haven't heard me be transparent in that way before, and I'm glad. I, I, I want you to see who I am. I'm not ashamed. It's who I am. And I, I've been through some stuff like you've been through some, some stuff. Isn't it inter interesting how what you go through in your life can sometimes shape you? That can be good or bad, right? <laughs> I mean, you go through some bad stuff and you don't handle it right. That can shape you in the wrong way. And I know I've had some things happen in my life that, that could have gone in a really bad way. But because of Jesus, Jesus made all the difference in my life. And I hope that you allow Jesus to do the same in your life. You have a calling to be a Christ follower. You have a calling to represent him well. That you know what? You're human. At times you're broken. At times you're messed up. But Jesus, he's everything. 